1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here. Uh, similar situation for our two state schools this weekend, both about two-and-a-half, three-point underdogs, one hitting the road, one staying at home. We'll get into both situations with our next guest. You can see his stuff in the Times Dispatch at Richmond.com. Mike Barber. Mike, how's it going? Excellent. Thanks for having me. Mike, how's it going? Excellent. Thanks for having me. No problem, Mike. Um, all right, I'm going to go broad question first before we get into each individual situation. Which team do you have more faith could potentially turn things around, UVA or Tech? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I like Tech's defense better right now, but I feel better about UVA at the quarterback position. So I'm going to give a slight edge to UVA in that regard in terms of how they play. Uh, then when you look at the schedule, you know there's there's pitfalls really for both of them. So I guess I'm hemming and hawing to say that I don't have a lot of confidence in either of them right now. Uh, but I'll give a slight edge to, to Virginia uh, to play a little better because I think in Musket and Calandria they have two capable quarterbacks, and at Tech I think we still have two kind of question marks there. Well, let's start in Charlottesville. How correctable do you think were a lot of the mistakes that lost the game uh, against NC State in the fourth quarter? I mean, they're correctable in the sense that you know they're not they're not systemic breakdowns, right? They're people making a mistake in a moment. The problem is uh, this happened last year. Remember, they lost the game at Duke where they committed five 15-yard penalties. Now, some of those were pass interference, uh, but you know each individual item correctable, right? Calandria with the helmet, and honestly, if he's not doing the flex, my guess is the official doesn't notice that his helmet is off, and there's no flag there. Uh, you know, furnishes the one that's sort of the most indefensible, uh, the headbutt. But, you know, those two guys were going at it all game, and, and honestly, in the end, it didn't matter because they converted the two-point play. James Jackson, you know, you got to know that rule in terms of leaping over the long snapper to block a field goal. But if he doesn't block that kick, it probably goes through <laughs> based on most of the replays we've seen. So um, I think they're all correctable. I think the problem is you shouldn't be – that tight in all of these games, James Madison, NC State. I mean, there were opportunities earlier in the game to get some breathing room and some distance, uh, and they just didn't do it in either case. Is it more on the players or more on the coaching staff, you think? I mean, I think it's a combination, but but it's still more on the players, right? It's on an offensive line that just isn't good enough right now. And and I hate to say that because they've gotten better each week, and, and they are light years ahead of where they were, but they're still not good, <laughs> right? You've got to get to good. Um, you know, defensively, I, I think that um, the coaches are doing a nice job. I think they're getting them in good positions. I thought last game they were really good at being aggressive on third down, uh, getting some pressure on Brendan Armstrong and, and, and making third downs tough to convert, but um, guys are still not getting home all the way on quarterback. Guys are still missing tackles when they're in the right position. Um, I mean, I'm just seeing a team that, that just isn't all that good, but, but the effort's there and the ideas are there. Do you think it's a good idea to go back to Musket for this game this weekend, or would you continue to start Calandria? It's, that's a tough one. So Tony Elliott has said from the start, you don't lose your job to injury. I think it's tough to walk that back, number one. Number two, he said from the start that Tony Musket is the better quarterback that won the job in preseason camp. Um, and Calandria has been pretty good, right? He's made big mistakes, though. I think six turnovers in the fourth quarters of games, and um, 
you know, it's not like he's on his way to the Heisman and they're thinking about sitting him. You know, they haven't won a game and he's made some mistakes. He's been electrifying. He's made great. He's made great plays, kind of behind the line of scrimmage, all that kind of stuff. But um, if they believe Musket is better, this is a great time to go to him. You've got a pair of winnable games here at Boston College, home with William and Mary. If Musket comes in, I know the fans are going to be mad, but if they start Musket and they win these two games, I think people are going to kind of shut up real quick. Obviously, the coaching staff hasn't said this, and maybe they don't know yet, but do you think this is a situation where they're just going to try and play Calandria four games to preserve his red shirt, or do you think if they ultimately believe he's better Mm -hmm. in the end, then he will go over that four games? Yeah, I'd be stunned if they can preserve his red shirt. Um, I mean, he he really is the only backup option. I I understand they have other guys there in Brosterhouse and and Raymond, but, um, you know, if, if Tony Musket's helmet comes off and he has to come off for a play, uh, I think they're going right back to Calandria. I don't think they're worried about preserving the red shirt right now. I, I think they're worried about trying to find a way to win games. Uh, who knows? You know, if Muskie comes out, takes every snap the next two weeks, and they win, maybe they have a talk with Calandria. And if he'd prefer to be shut down, maybe they consider that. If, if you know, but who knows at that position? But I, I think the plan right now is to have both of them available. Uh, and certainly to keep giving Calandria, I think, a look when possible because this experience is going to only help develop him. So they head to Chestnut Hill for the awesome 2 o'clock game on the, the CW Network here. Uh, uh, what do you think of the matchup? And, and, you know, obviously Boston College coming off a tough loss, but they may have found their quarterback. What do you think of this game on Saturday? Yeah, it's intriguing because of that quarterback change. I mean, Castellanos and what he's been able to do, he's elevated that offense. Uh, defensively, they're still a mess. I think Louisville scored on their first six or seven possessions of that game. Uh, Florida State had a pretty big lead, uh, and I think lost a little interest as Boston College kind of was able to get back into that game. Uh, I think this is, a again, goes back to what you asked me about Musket. I think it's a great opportunity for Virginia's offense to get in gear. Now, what will the defense be able to do? Uh, I thought the defense played its best game against Armstrong and NC State. If they're aggressive and can rattle Castellanos, if they can get uh, some turnovers, which they actually got last game. Uh, you know, maybe everything is trending in the right direction, uh, or at least could be for a week or two while the, the schedule eases up. Um, I think Boston College's problems on defense are going to be the difference in this one, but uh, there, there's really no outcome uh, that you could tell me Saturday that would stun me. Uh, follow him on Twitter at RTD underscore Mike Barber. Check him out on the Times Dispatch and Richmond.com. Let's head over to Blacksburg for a 8 o'clock game, uh, Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh. Uh, you've touched on this one as well. What would you do with the quarterbacks here? So this is a little bit different, and I say that because I think Drones and Wells have very different skill sets. And if you remember going into the year, the talk was, hey, whatever, whatever we decide, we're going to play both of these kids. I would stick with that model if I'm Virginia Tech. Uh, you're not running the football well traditionally out of the running back position, uh, and Drones is giving you that ground game that I think you need. But Wells was throwing it well before he got injured. Uh, you know, Brent Price said that the Old Dominion game was Grant Wells' best game in a Virginia Tech uniform. Obviously, they fell behind to Purdue, but he led them all the way back 17-17 before getting hurt there. So I think Grant Wells has done some good things, and I think the desire is to get him back out there and get him back behind center. But I wouldn't go away from Drones entirely, which is what they did in the Purdue game, if you remember. Uh, Drones didn't get a drive until the very final possession with the game on the line. Um, I would go, you know, into, and I don't know how you do it, if it's two in series and one or 
um, you bring them in in the second quarter. But I would get drones out there and see if there isn't room to run uh, and gain some yards that way. I think Virginia Tech is in a better position to play both kids, where I think Virginia needs to make a choice and kind of ride that guy. Which do you think is more disturbing, the fact that they can't run or the fact they can't stop the run? <laughs> They're both really bad, right? Um, I think it's more disturbing to me the struggle stopping the run because I thought they were going to be excellent defensively. I mean, I thought they were going to be like a top-six defense in the ACC and a terrible offense, and it was going to be you know, kind of shades of the last few Beamer years of can the defense carry you to six wins. And the fact that the defense hasn't been able to stop people um, has really kind of jarred my expectations for this team. You know, I had this as a six-win potentially team, a team that could maybe get to a bowl and the way they're defending right now, that's just not the case. The run game offensively is disappointing just because we heard excitement about where it was headed. Uh, Caden Moore going to center. The offensive line was supposed to be better. Malachi Thomas healthy at running back. Bashal Tootin and his big playability. And I think Thomas and Tootin have been fine, uh, but the offensive line has not given them holes, not given them room to run. Uh, you know, they got a little something going, I thought, last week. And Brent Pry addressed this Monday or Tuesday on his teleconference when he said, you know, we got away from the run a little too quickly. Uh, sometimes part of running the football uh, in college football is banging your head against that wall and, until it knocks down. And, and they were having some success, and I think Brent looked back and thought, hey, if we had stuck to it, we would have broken through there. Because I do think they have good backs. Um, but both, I guess to answer your question, both are pretty disappointing. But the defensive shortcoming is what changes my outlook for this team. How about Ollie Jennings? What's his status potentially? Yeah, closer, but we're still not sure, you know, when he'll be back or if he'll be back. And, and that's huge, right? His arrival is what really transformed this offense. And certainly all three transfer wide receivers, and I mentioned Tootin and uh, Drones running the ball. But this became a different offense, I think, in large part because of Ali Jennings, because of uh, how defenses have to account for him, for his abilities to make plays downfield, for his abilities to make plays when, quite frankly, he's fairly well covered. Uh, he's a guy who can win one-on-one matchups getting open, but he can also win one-on-one matchups once the ball's in the air. And I think taking him out has really relegated this offense back to kind of how it looked last year, which, quite frankly, wasn't very good. Uh, so what do you think for this one? Uh, obviously, we had high expectations for Pittsburgh, but they've got horrendous quarterback play. The defense hasn't been great, um, yet they're still a road favorite in this one. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech wins this game. Uh, I was surprised to see Pitt favorite. And Pitt was one of those teams going into the year. I said Pittsburgh, Louisville, and Syracuse are three teams that I can't get a good feel on. They could be great. They could be terrible. And I think Syracuse and Louisville look pretty good. Pittsburgh is a mess. Uh, Dracovic has not been good at quarterback. Uh, they haven't really been able to get anything going on that side of the ball. And defensively, they've been terrible. This feels like a moment for Virginia Tech to get things right. Playing at home is going to be a great crowd, night atmosphere at Lane Stadium. I think Virginia Tech wins a close game. I'm not saying it's going to be a walkover, but um, I think Tech wins this by two or three. I, I think the spread's right. I think it's just on the wrong team. Last one for you. Are you a Duke believer? Obviously, being a believer in that team doesn't mean they're necessarily going to win on Saturday, but what do you think of Duke's chances against Notre Dame? I'm glad you clarified that because, yes, I'm a Duke believer. Yes, Duke is for real. It's a really good football team and a really good program that Mike Elko is establishing. That being said, I don't like them in this game. I think Notre Dame's uh, individual one-on-one talent, there's, there's going to be some things. That are, I think Notre Dame is going to be extremely motivated uh, after the way last week went. Um, but Duke is not going to be outclassed in this game. I, I think it's going to be a 
potentially a good game. I think Notre Dame is still, you know, the better team. But uh, that's not going to take away from, from Duke and what they've done. I mean, that win over Clemson, I think they've now backed it up with the way they've played since then for us to all say Duke is legit, Duke is a good team, and I'm not talking six wins good. I'm talking, you know, eight, maybe more. Um, does that mean they beat Notre Dame Saturday? Probably not. Uh, but certainly I don't expect them to be blown out of the water. Make sure to check him out on the, on Twitter at RTD underscore Mike Barber and check him out in the Times Dispatch and Richmond.com. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, yes, uh, Duke, a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, there is now a six at the South Point in Las Vegas, but uh, they are an underdog at 7.30 as college game day heads to Durham for football. Uh, so that's what we've got coming up on Saturday. All right, coming up on Sunday, Commanders and Eagles. We'll get the thoughts of George Wallace, WTOP, about uh, the Commanders and where they sit right now at 2-1. and one. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN.